You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. You're out, you're about, but you want your Dan Patrick. Well, good news, he goes everywhere with you. If you miss the show, you can podcast it. If you want to see the show, just go to Peacock and we stream it live every weekday. Watch past episodes too. The Dan Patrick Show, available anywhere you are, any way you want it. to pick the Bengals. Burrow, long count. Joe has the ball. Drops back to throw. But I'd be picking the Bengals just because I want the city of Cincinnati. Aaron Donald got there. Donald takes his helmet off in celebration. I, I think the Rams, the Rams are going to win. You brought the Rams back to Los Angeles. Congratulations. You built the world's greatest stadium. Rams. How? You brought together the greatest players. For the Super Bowl champion. And now you've won Super Bowl 56. The Vince Lombardi Trophy is staying in Rams' house. World champs, baby! Welcome to the Dan Patrick Show. The day after. I wanted this open. I dreamed this, man. Everything was on the line. Everything. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. Another inning fit for Hollywood. This is Dan Patrick. I hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Back in the home man cave. Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show, as we always do every Monday. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Dial us up. Email, tweet, all the above. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner, and also the radio affiliates around the country, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio. And uh, we'll recap what we saw yesterday with the help of Tony Baselli, who is going into the Hall of Fame, Carson Palmer, Ryan Clark of the Mothership, our good buddy Ross Tucker will stop by as well. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll question. Seton is in the back row today. Marvin in the front row. Fritzy has got his damn three-piece suit on today. <laughs> but we found out that it's not a three-piece suit. No, it's a long sleeve shirt and not a vest. And the guy thought that maybe it was too dark in the uh, gala that I was at, and he just decided to call me three-piece. But I found that I couldn't close it on the waist. They found some twine or wire in the, the back room, guys, so that I can close these pants. And uh, here we are. Okay. I, I'm just shocked that you would have something that's almost 30 years old and you can't fit into it. And Seton said, like, my, the pants were actually baggy. And so I, I don't know what, uh, how it fit me in the first place. Or so the woman that sold it to me in Laguna Beach convinced me that it was a good fit because there's more room than you would think for something I bought when I was like 23, 24 years old. Yeah, Seton. Right. Because that's, you know, like many of us say in 1994, I know I certainly weighed a lot less. I was way thinner, right? So I'm going to assume the same for Todd. And this thing is gigantic on him now. I mean, he's absolutely swimming in this. So even though he may not be able to close the, the pants all the way, and he needs apparently some twine to hold it together. He's, he's <laughs> swimming in parts of the uh, suit. I'm very misproportioned, I guess, because why would they be so baggy on the legs, but I can't come close to closing the waist? He still looks like today he's wearing his big brother suit. Like when you're 12 years yeah. old and you're like, well, I got to squeeze into my older brother's suit or whatever, and you're swimming in it. That's what Todd looks like. I think like. the problem is I, I'm at the weight of someone that would be like 6'4". Instead of like five, ten and a half, and that's why it becomes misproportioned to close. Damn three piece. Damn three piece. <laughs> All right, we'll come up with a poll question. I think Seton's going to take the responsibilities. I thought I was asking too much of Todd when we were in Los Angeles. Uh, here we go. No, no, I'm just you. It, it was hard for you to multitask, and this way I can give Seton a responsibility of handling the poll question. 
Is that okay? I mean, it's, it's not fine. A... It's up to you. Ultimately, I like if we all get a shot at it. That's good. Yeah. Different voices. Yeah. People get sick of me real quick. <laughs> the compact GLA proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready for anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle at mbusa.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Congrats to the LA Rams, Super Bowl champs. They certainly were a big topic of conversation this past season because their last first-round pick came in 2016. Sort of breaks a lot of the traditional roster-building tactics. Historically, teams value, covet those draft picks. It makes sense because the draft has always been a great way to land superstar talent. The 49ers with Bill Walsh did this. The Cowboys with Jimmy Johnson did this. But draft picks come with a risk because it's hard to predict how a college kid is going to perform in the NFL. And the Rams decided to take that risk out of the equation. They opted for proven talents like Matthew Stafford, Von Miller, Odell Beckham Jr. And those additions paid off last night. Stafford throwing for three touchdowns. Miller had a pair of sacks. And for years, we've heard that the way to build a championship team is through the draft. But with the way L.A. season turned out, maybe there's a new blueprint to win a Super Bowl. And... I know a lot of people have talked about who should have been the MVP. Well, Cooper Cup got it, but this is what you have to understand. I think with the votes being tabulated before the two-minute warning, Aaron Donald, to me, was the most valuable player last night. Because if you're going to make this argument, hey, the Bengals knew Cooper Cup was going to get the ball. They double-teamed him. Well, Aaron Donald is double-teamed on every play. Sometimes triple teamed on every play. And while he had a quiet first half when they needed him the most, I thought that those stops were a difference maker. And Cooper Cup was wonderful. But I thought that Aaron Donald was the most valuable player. Cooper Cup, you know, he did what you wanted him to do with Odell Beckham not being in there. Even the fourth down run that he had, uh, they went to him three consecutive times. He gets the touchdown against uh, Eli Apple. That's the game winner. But if you, I think if you voted when the game was over, now they have to do it. They have to do it prior to the two minute warning because when we get ready to hand out the Super Bowl trophy, we have to know who the MVP is because they, they're going to be up there on the podium. Yeah, Seaton. What is that? I, you're hitting it here a bit, but what is that process of voting for the Super Bowl MVP? How, like, what are the mechanics of that? I know it's, okay, before the two minutes, you have to get the votes in, but is there more detail to that? I don't know how, it, who votes and, and how they tabulate the votes. I don't know that other than I was told that they do it uh, right before the two-minute drill. Right, because from your side of things, if you're handing out the trophy and you have to do all of that, you just need to know the name, right? Yeah. But not necessarily the process leading up yeah. to it. But the two-minute warning, I shouldn't say two-minute drill, the two-minute warning, you have to have the votes tabulated. And I think, and look, either they could have done co-MVPs. Now, they, you know, understand this. I didn't think Tom Brady deserved it when the Patriots beat Seattle. <gasps> it should have been Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler was the most valuable player. Because without him, they don't win that Super Bowl. Um, who uh, Brady, even when they beat the Falcons, you could have given that to James White, couldn't you? Didn't he have an unbelievable game there? Yeah, especially late. Yeah. So, I, you know, we, we hand out that trophy, and sometimes we don't even realize. Santonio Holmes won it, and people probably don't realize that. Ben, to me, should have won it because he led the two-minute drill 
They beat Arizona, threw the ball in the perfect place for Santonio uh, Holmes. Santonio San Holmes. Tansonio. San something Holmes. <laughs> What's up, Holmes? All right. Uh, we'll come up with a poll question there, Seton. You're on the spot. What do you have? Yeah, that's great. Uh, it's okay, so far I'm kicking around two. All right. Uh, is that the last game we'll see Aaron Donald play, yes or no? That was a kind of a crazy storyline that developed leading into the game. Yeah, and, and Rodney Harrison is not an insider. He's a former player, but he said it in a casual manner. Like, yeah, there's a good chance that Aaron Donald will retire if they lose. He's only 30 years of age, but I, who knows what motivates or, you know, you, you, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I think he's been uh, in the league eight years. He's been first team all pro, which is crazy. I mean, that's where you that that's where you find true greatness when you're an all pro, not a pro bowler, all pro. It was a casual mention, almost a throwaway line. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. And I was going to text Rodney, but, you know, he was involved in the Super Bowl coverage just to say, do you realize what you just said or how you said it? Not that he needed me to remind him, but it was so casual. And then everybody started to run with it. It's like, whoa, whoa, Aaron Donald could retire. Yes, he. Like, I haven't looked at the contract situations for the Rams, but I wonder how much, if you can retain most of those players next year, how much that would weigh into his decision. Well, you got Von Miller and you got Odell Beckham. Stafford is going to be in his contract year next year. He's only $23 million, I think. You actually have a bargain with Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup's under contract. I Ramsey. Yeah. Ramsey, I think, is under contract. But, I, you know, they, they could lose a couple of those players. They want to keep Beckham still waiting to find out if he tore his ACL. I'm going to guess he did. Uh, and then Von Miller, does he want to stay? I think Von Miller's 33. Yeah, Paul. Going into next season, the Rams are $14 million over the cap. They think it might expand and it could be kind of a wash, but uh, they will have to do a little cutting. You start to look at the end results of these playoff games, and I can't remember – playoff games that came down to the final seconds every playoff game because if you look at the divisional round uh, the uh, conference championship and then the super bowl the last seven games in the playoffs were decided by seven points three points three points three points three points three points three points Stat of the Whoa. day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? stat of the day. Top. All right, all right. So we got our poll question. Well, what other options do we have? Uh, well, you could actually throw in there, was this the best NFL playoffs ever, just based on what you just laid out there, because every game was pretty incredible. I think people would agree because of recency bias. Mm. But I, you know, it's not, if I start to do inventory here, I, I just can't remember games that were this great that came down to, and I'm talking about great games, not necessarily it comes down to, uh, you know, the final seconds. And then we go, boy, that, that was a great game. Sometimes great games aren't great games. They're just great finish to it. But, you know, you had highs and lows, great moments, uh, strange plays, great plays. That's what you want. You want you, you want entertainment from start to finish. And I think I thought the Rams were on the verge of blowing them out. And and it just kind of settled down a little bit for the Bengals. And, you know, you, you had a couple of interceptions with Stafford. They had a, a big touchdown pass to T. Higgins. It, it felt like the Bengals were never out of it. 
but it was never, they were in full control. I never got that feeling. And I thought the Rams were going to win, but I was hoping the Bengals would, just as I've said before, being from the city of Cincinnati. I thought, I thought the Rams were a better team, star power, and the, the stars did perform. You know, Aaron Donald showed why he's a Hall of Famer. Cooper Cup, the best receiver in the sport. Even Odell Beckham with what he did in his limited time in there. And even Stafford as well. Because I think you got that feeling of, could Stafford throw this away? And he had three touchdown passes. Uh, that's what you want. You know, Jalen Ramsey got burned a couple times. But, you know, the, the one was with T. Higgins. That's controversial. Now, that's not reviewable, by the way. They review every touchdown, but you can't go back and say, hey, there was a face mask there because you could do that on any play. Hey, there's a hold there. If there's no flag, then, you know, the touchdown's going to stand. Yes, Eden. I got one more for you then. Okay. Uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals will make it back to the Super Bowl, dot, 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 next year, in the next two to five years, six to ten years, or never. Oh. This is why Dan Marino was trending yesterday. Mean-spirited. Because Dan Marino got to the Super Bowl. I believe that was his second year in the league. And he threw for 48 touchdown passes that year. Hey, he'll get back. Well, he never got back. It's going to be difficult for the Bengals to get back. you got to improve that offensive line. they got money to spend. Are they going to do what... Not that they're the Kansas City Chiefs, but the Chiefs said, hey, if we're going to win another Super Bowl, we have to go out and improve this offensive line. And they did. The Bengals have to spend money. And they haven't always spent money. I hope they realize you do have something special here. I'm sure they do. But spend the money, get an offensive line. I like Joe Mixon. I thought Joe Mixon was you know, in a sneaky way, was had, had a great game. And even the defense. You know, I'm not sold on all of the defensive backs, but the defensive line, I mean, they, they handled the Rams. You got a great kicker, and, you know, you got Burrow and Chase and Higgins. I mean, you got, you got some weapons there. It's just so tough to get back. And even, really, the devastation. When you lose a Super Bowl, you normally don't even win a playoff game the following year. Now, it, it's difficult. Ask Russell Wilson. Ask Ben Roethlisberger. Ask Aaron Rodgers. It's difficult. You can be a great quarterback. And people also forget that Tom Brady went nine years in between Super Bowls. <laughs> like, you, here's the greatest quarterback, and you're going, nine years. So it's not easy. And I did say this last week. You know, there's a chance the uh, – the uh, Bengals might not even be the favorites in their own division because it might be the Ravens. It could be the Browns. Browns have a better defense and a better running game. I mean, they have a lot of you know positives there. Now, is Burrow better than Baker? Yes, absolutely. Uh, wide receiver-wise, you're, you're better off with what the Bengals have here. And, you know, the Ravens will be the Ravens. You know, they'll be formidable as well. Just winning your division. And, you know, the Bengals, they weren't a great team this year. They were just opportunistic. When they needed to do something, they did it, and usually it was with a game-winning field goal. Uh, there were times when you watched them and you said, you know, they're not that good, or they're just average. You know, you lose to the Jets, or the Bears, and you go, they're not that good. 
And then there were other times when you go on the road, you beat Kansas City or you beat the Titans, you survive the Raiders. They got hot at the right time and nearly won a Super Bowl. All right, we'll get to phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Ross Tucker, our good buddy, will join us coming up here in a little bit. Got our play of the day. Got our poll question as well, a stat of the day as well. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, and financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans, built, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. We were talking about the Rams and uh, what decisions they have in the offseason. I didn't mention that Kevin O'Connell is going to take the Vikings job. He's the offensive coordinator. Uh, Andrew Whitworth is going to retire, from what I'm told. The uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year, he's 40 years of age. Aaron Donald did not shoot down the rumors that he's thinking about retiring. Odell Beckham is hurt. He's a free agent. Von Miller is also a free agent. It's not easy to get back to the Super Bowl. It's not easy to get to the Super Bowl. And I don't want to be on record as saying the Bengals won't get back to a Super Bowl because that's where people look silly with their hot takes. I think just looking at it and putting it in perspective, it'll be difficult for them to get back. Very difficult. Even though you do have some building blocks and nucleus there, I think you know when you, we felt like, hey, Dan Marino is going to get back. A lot of these guys think they're going to get back. Russell Wilson probably still thinks he's going to get back. Aaron Rodgers going to get back. It's just there's so much luck that goes into this, and I think you saw that with the Bengals. They were just good enough when they needed to be. And it says a lot about them because there are times where I didn't think they were that good at football team. Let's bring in Ross Tucker, our good buddy, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. He works for CBS and Westwood One, the former offensive lineman. Uh Boy, could you imagine having the uh, task of trying to stop Aaron Donald there in the final five, seven, ten minutes of that game there, Ross? Oh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> there's, there's a guy that went in the Hall of Fame over the weekend, Bryant Young, who was not Aaron Donald but was a similar type of player. And I've actually talked to guys about the best way to try to block Aaron Donald. Some guys, Dan – We'll try to just jump him and grab him right there. But he's so good with his hands that you can look real bad. So people I've talked to said, oh, the best move is to just set back a little bit, give a little bit of ground. Well, he was bull rushing the crap out of those guys last night. I'm not sure there is a really good answer. When they were double teaming him and sliding to him, that helped. It is funny, though, because I don't know if you've ever done this with him on your show. I know you have the guys – read their draft profiles, but it's so funny because he didn't go top 10 because 
People were worried about how short he was. It just, it just seems so funny now. By the way, like, who cares how tall you are for a defensive tackle? Who, uh, who would you have given the MVP to? Co-MVPs, Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. No, nah, you can't do that. You got to give it to somebody. One person. Oh, okay. Um, well, there has been a year, though, where there was co-MVPs. Um, if you have to give it to somebody, I don't have a problem with Cooper Cup. It, it would not have been Stafford, I don't think. No. I think it would have been Cup or Donald. Uh, you know, the thing that people are forgetting is after Stafford threw the interception on the Rams' first offensive play, Aaron Donald had two sacks. You know, the Bengals had just gotten the bomb, the T. Higgins. They're up 17-13. Then they get the interception by Awuzier. Donald chases Joe Burrow out of bounds. And then third down, Higgins is open. Donald bull rushes Adenogy and gets a sack. Those That was huge. If the Bengals score a touchdown there, I think the game is very, very different. And then he closed it out at the end as well. I think you can make a strong argument for Aaron Donald, but I'm fine with Cooper Cup too. He took over that last drive, even when it seemed like he was the only legit weapon the Rams could really go to. How could the Bengals have won this? Well, several different ways. First of all, it, it's kind of crazy to me, Dan, that they ran the ball so much better than the Rams did and lost. Real, you know, if you would have told me the Bengals would run it that much better than the Rams and lose the game, I would have been surprised. I have to be honest with you, I was a little disappointed in Joe Burrow in the second half of the game. And I know the way it is, right? You have a young quarterback. He's very good. There's going to be... 5,000 Bengals fans are going to jump all over me because they don't like if you say anything bad at all. Dan, he just takes sacks that you cannot take. He puts his team in a situation where they have very little chance to get a first down on that series of downs. He missed a critical throw to Jamar Chase when Chase was wide open on a third down. That would have been a first down, would have kept the drive alive. So I, I really thought that Burrow was fine. Burrow had a good game, but for the Bengals to win that game, they needed him to be better in the second half. They needed him to be clutch, and he kind of cowered a little bit to the pressure. You know, he took some sacks where he saw the guy coming. Throw the ball away. Try to give one of your receivers a chance. You just can't keep taking sacks like he did. How do you explain the Rams' defense being so dominating in the second half or certainly in that fourth, fourth quarter? Well, I think one thing they did was they did a better job of having five guys up so that the offensive line couldn't automatically slide to Aaron Donald. I'm a little surprised that the Rams didn't do that in the first half. You know, it's simple math, right? You got four D linemen rushing, five offensive linemen. You can send the center to help out on whoever's blocking Aaron Donald the whole time. When they would walk the linebackers up, like Reader or Ernest Jones or even guys off the edge, well, then those five big guys, they get to block the five guys they think are coming. They were able to get a lot more one-on-ones for guys than they had in the first half, and they clearly took advantage. What did you make of the uh, officiating last night? Okay. Okay. Um, I, I was disappointed, really disappointed, in the holding penalty against Logan Wilson on third down, about a minute and a half left. I thought it was perfect coverage 
on Cooper Cup. I'm of the belief, Dan, when in doubt, don't throw the flag. They had let the guys play all game. All game they had let them play. And then it wasn't even ticky-tack. To me, there was no foul there at all. I thought it was an excellent play by Logan Wilson. I thought it was the worst call of the game. However, the first play of the second half, T. Higgins clearly tugged Jalen Ramsey's face mask, which is how he got open and scored. So if you want to say that those two calls kind of offset each other, I can live with that. But I would always rather have the no call than throwing the flag for a foul that's not there. In general, though, I don't think it's the reason why the Rams won the game. I don't think it should be the main topic of conversation today. And as long as that's the case, I'll say they did an okay job. More likely to get back to the Super Bowl next year. Rams-Bengals. I think they both have a really tough task of doing that, but I'll go with the Rams. You know, the, the, the two favorites to win the Super Bowl next year, Dan, are the Chiefs and the Bills. You know, in the AFC, that's going to be rough for the Bengals. I mean, rough. They got a good young team, but I heard you talking about it before you brought me on. You know, it is not as easy to get back as these teams think it is. It is very, very hard. I think Kansas City and Buffalo, they're both going to think that they're going to do be due to get back. I think it's going to be tough for the Bengals to get back to the Super Bowl next year. I'm not they might be able to get back there again. Next year would be tough. The NFC is just much more open and the Rams seem much more open to doing whatever it takes to try to get this going while they have this window. So maybe Aaron Donald needs some more money, that's fine. I think they'll try to find a way to bring Vaughn back. Uh, we'll see with Odell after that injury now. But the Rams are very much a win now. This is our window. And I think it's not just because of the players on their team. I think it's the dynamic of them being in Los Angeles, trying to capture the hearts and minds of the fans out there while they have this new stadium. There's multiple reasons why I think the Rams are in win now mode. I think they'll be very good again next year. What do you do if you're the Bengals in the offseason? Well, it's going to be heavy offensive line. I think we know that. Um, I think they're good at skill. They're in a good spot, Dan, where they they can't even pay Burrow yet. They can't even pay Jamar Chase yet. A lot of times these guys, you'd be like, oh, man, are the Bengals going to sign this guy or is he going to go somewhere else? They got no place else to go. So they're in a really good spot. I think they'll probably add one veteran free agent on the offensive line. They'll probably draft an offensive lineman as well. Uh, probably still go in the secondary. I'm not sure they, they love Eli Apple being a – but this is a pretty good team. They're not far away. They're going to be in the mix. I, I just don't think they'll end up being the Chiefs and the Bills again, but they're going to get the offensive line better. They're going to be in the mix. Let me go back to uh, you talking about Aaron Donald maybe getting a new contract or wanting more money. Do you think that's the ploy of him saying to Rodney Harrison that, you know, I may walk away if I win a Super Bowl? I don't think that's why he's saying it. I think it's something he's legitimately considered. And I got to tell you, this does not bother me, right? You know, he's a smart guy. He's done everything he could really do as a player. Most people think he's one of the best defensive players ever. He's already made a ton of money. You know, Dan, with CTE, 
And with everyone knowing the long-term ramifications of playing, especially defensive tackle, the amount of double teams he takes, the amount of shots he takes, if he says, you know what, I had an awesome eight years, I'm going to go live the rest of my life, be able to be with my family healthy, my shoulders and knees are okay, my brain, I think, like, I don't need to do this anymore. I think that would be wonderful. I'd be happy for him. But it seems like when these guys are away from it for a couple months, and then they start to think, okay, what would I do next? And it's not going to be the $14.5 million the Rams are supposed to pay him. And like I said, if that's what it takes, the Rams, I think, will sweeten the pile a bit. Be like, Aaron, how about how's $20 million sound? I think that's hard to turn down. You know, you realize I want to live 60 more years over $20 million. I think he'll end up playing. I'd be surprised if he retires, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little contract sweetener to do so. Great to talk to you, buddy. Thanks, and uh, we hope to continue to talk to you in the offseason. My pleasure, Dan. Thank you so much for having me on so much this year. It's been fun. That's Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast and uh, also Even Money Podcast. You can find him on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. Here is Aaron Donald's draft profile. Marginal height and frame is nearly maxed out. Hands are more active than strong, could play with more pop and power. Overpowered in the run game and ground (laughs) up by double teams. Gets snared and controlled by bigger, longer blockers. Not a two-gap player. Has some uh, tweener traits. Lacks ideal length and bend to play outside. Now, those are just the negatives. There are a lot of positives with him, but... You know, that, that's the kind of thing that you just keep with you. You know, we, we've seen this before when J.J. Watt came in and he read his draft profile or Drew Brees read his or Aaron Rodgers read his. And this is one of those things that probably still stays with Aaron Donald and motivates him because of all the things that he didn't do. But there's so many things that he does well. But that's his draft profile. And... Does he get a new contract? You know, I wondered about this with T.J. Watt. I thought T.J. Watt might be the first $30 million a year defensive player. And he came close to it. Aaron Donald is the most valuable defensive player, the best defensive player. Now, T.J. Watt was the defensive player of the year. have no problem with that. But if you're saying who's the best defensive player in the game, Aaron Donald. But he's nowhere near the highest paid. And I don't know if that is factoring into this. But he's still got a few good years left, you would think. He's already going to the Hall of Fame. I like, though, there was a moment last night where he's pointing to his ring finger, <laughs> and then a player for the Bengals would come over, and he would stop that. And like, he was, you know, doing this for the camera. Like, yeah, look at this. Like, yeah, good game, good game. Yeah, 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 good game, good game, good game. Yeah, see. He's, like, pointing to his finger, like, that's right! We run this! We run- Yo, respect, man, respect. Respect. That's right! That's what respect, man. Yeah, good game. Uh, how about we do the Aaron Donald career salary game? And that means we need some thumping. Salary, 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 salary. I had my uh, my post Super Bowl party 
And, uh, you know, I was playing this at my house last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah, with my wife. It was just us. In the basement? Yeah. Yeah. Had the uh, disco light, disco ball going. Like, it was it was uh, pumping in there. All right, career salary game, Aaron Donald. This is a two-part game. He's played eight seasons. His highest paycheck for one season was $17 million, but he did get a monster signing bonus in 2018. A monster. Uh, but he has three years left on his contract. So how much has he made and how much will he made at, make at his current deal? Three more years. Hmm. Todd, I'll let you start. He's made $138 million and he's due another $39 million. Okay. Seton? I'm going to say he's made $120 million, but he's due forty-five. I'm going to go uh, 162.5 for Aaron Donald. As the total? Or yeah. Ooh, okay, that's a good guess. He's made $97 million as of this season. Yeah. He's due $14 million, 19, 19 million. After three seasons, 2024, he will have made $150 million. Okay. That said, next year, he's on pace to make $9 million. <laughs> His $9 million, which is... I think the same as Nick Foles to be the third stringer of the Bears. Or, I'm sorry, Andy Dalton to not play much for the Bears. But also, you know, we look at interior defensive linemen, and they don't have the value of an edge rusher. They should because quarterbacks will tell you when you get pressure up the middle, then, like, that really concerns you. When you're on the edge, okay, I can, I can get away. I can move the offense to the other side. Whatever it is, I, I have a better chance of eluding the edge rusher than the guy who comes right up the middle on me. And I think that's what you saw with Joe Burrow. He was kind of in no man's land. You come off the edge, then maybe he could take off and run. I thought Burrow was going to run the ball more than he did last night. I think he only had one good run. I think that was, didn't we get an Al Michaels? And there he goes. Here he goes. Very subdued one. Oh, okay. very quick because the yeah. run, it wasn't a long. And there he could, oh, he's down. Yeah, Paul. Is this a tough one for the Rams, though? Because as much as you'd like to reward Aaron Donald, you don't have to. You have him completely under contract for three more years, which will be the back half of his prime or whatever you want to call it. He'll be 34 when the contract ends. I know. I know. He can't, yeah. play, he can't play for anybody else. Yes, he was last night Aaron Donald's last game. You want to guess what the poll results are so far? 80% yes. Oh, man, you're so close to, but you have it flipped. It's 78% say no. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I hope it's not his last game. You know, you get to see these, you know, incredible talents. And, and they come along, you know, you can go with Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor. I go back to Mean Joe Green. Like, there are just so many of these transcendent talents and you want them to stay as long as they can. I'm sure quarterbacks and offensive linemen, you know, be like, is he going to retire? Is he, I hope he's going to retire. All right. We'll take a break. Got our play of the day coming up and your phone calls are next here on the Dan Patrick show. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh my God. The play. The play is called play. Of the day. Runner left side, got it! Play it and play it. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Stafford, receivers in tight. He gets the snap. He cocks his arm. He throws a pass. Caught with the leap. Belt high, far side of the end zone. Touchdown up. The Rams have taken the lead. The Rams have taken the lead. 125 to go. 
That's courtesy of Kevin Harlan, Westwood One Radio. That's your play of the day. Play of the day brought to you by the biggest series live on HBO Max. Max Original, Peacemaker starting John Cena. Don't miss HBO Original Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Discover all of this and more HBO Max for just $9.99 a month. Back to Cooper Cup with uh, some of the numbers here this season. He finished the entire year, postseason, regular season, 178 catches for 2,425 yards, 22 touchdowns in 21 games. The only player with more touchdown receptions in a single season, regular and postseason, Randy Moss in 2007 with the Patriots when he had 24. And I know we love to single out Cooper Cup, and rightfully so. Matthew Stafford does deserve some of the credit for a guy who has had one of the greatest, maybe the greatest season a receiver's ever had. And even with Odell Beckham, uh, Van Jefferson, you, you knew that Cooper Cup was going to get the ball. He had to get the ball. Even when Odell Beckham went down, you still knew Cooper Cup was getting the ball. Whether he was running it on fourth down or, you know, extending drives on that last drive. But Cooper Cup, that might be the greatest season somebody has ever had at that position. And that's saying an awful lot. Yeah, Paul. I was going through the final few plays. Remember at the goal line when they threw the pass to Cooper Cup in the back of the end zone? He made that great catch, and he got hit in the helmet, and they called a penalty on both both sides, and there was a holding on the Rams. It would have been better for the Bengals if Cooper Cup had caught the touchdown and got it there. There was a minute 44 left. It would have been Bengals ball, 144 left in three timeouts. Instead, they ran the ball. There was a couple more plays. The Bengals had to burn one, and it took 23 seconds off the clock. It would have been better if they just got that touchdown. I was I thought it was going to end in overtime because we've had the controversy of overtime this year. Competition committee is going to look at overtime in the offseason. And I thought that this is going to go into overtime and somebody is going to, you know, win the game on a touchdown and either the Bengals don't get the ball in a chance or the Rams don't get the ball. That's what I thought. That's how I thought it was going to end. A couple of phone calls in here, as we always do every Monday, best and worst of the week. And Andrew in Washington. Good morning, Andrew. Welcome back. What's on your mind? Good morning, guys. Uh, worst of the weekend was working late last night, not being able to watch the Super Bowl or in gorge gorge myself with food so the best of my weekend was friday second hour at the lake with damn 3p one mock off 2022 todd great job coming up in the clutch love the uh, rambo first blood reference and also that live looking this morning to start the show with him showing off his tied up belt there that was uh <laughs> that was something else big marv good to see you in the front row thanks guys all right all right. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. Marvin's in uh, Seton seat. Seton is uh, in the back row with Todd, his good buddy. Uh, Diddy in Minneapolis. Hi, Diddy. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I had a best and worst. Best of the weekend was the uh, Rams winning. Uh, hopefully it encourages more teams to kind of take that all-in approach uh, to go get a winner, win a Super Bowl when they, uh, when they have the window. Uh, worst of the weekend was the, the Bengals' defense on that last drive. I mean, I feel like you say it all the time. You can't let the opposing team's best player beat you, and they just, you know, Cooper Cup it was their only target there at the end of the, at the, end of the game. So uh, thanks for taking my call, Dan. All right, buddy. Thank you, Diddy. I say it all the time. Defense wins championships. It might be one play. It could be one half. It could be one quarter. Well, the reason why the Rams won was defense. 
the reason why the Bengals didn't win was defense. Right? Because you had an opportunity to stop Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, and the Rams. And even though you played really well, when you needed to, you couldn't. When the Rams had to, they did. Nathan in L.A. Hey, Nate, what's on your mind today? Good morning, Dan. Good to talk to you again. Yes. So my uh, best of the weekend is wide receivers, wide receiver for the Rams, Van Jefferson, who became a Super Bowl champion and a dad on the same night. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard about that. That's pretty amazing. And my worst is the OBJ injury. Mm. And following up on that, there were several players, uh, prominent players on Twitter, voicing displeasure or concern about the playing surface, which now pretty much dominates the league. Um, do you think it's a, it's a, they're fighting a losing battle, or do you think this could grow legs of back toward grass? Oh, no, I don't, I don't think that's happening. Thank you, Nathan. I mean, did anybody else get hurt in the game with their knees? It, it's an awkward, it was an awkward moment for Odell Beckham. But I don't, I don't know if this is a trend. I mean, there, there are football fields like the vet in Philadelphia. They never should allow that to be a playing surface. If you were ever on AstroTurf and you were there for a game in the winter, it, it, like it, it would be like falling on concrete. It really was. Carpet on concrete. Yeah, Seaton. Doesn't the Arizona Cardinals stadium, though, have that like crazy retractable grass thing where they have like Bermuda grass or something and it rolls yeah. outside the stadium so it can get the proper sunlight and then it's brought back in? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty elaborate when they, they could have just thrown down turf. Well, you know, you just can't get that much for $5 billion anymore, you know? I mean, that stadium has everything. I mean, thank God they're getting subsidies and some tax write-offs for it. <laughs> Uh, Matt in Virginia. Hi, Matt. Um, hey, Dan. Uh, best and worst of the weekend. Best would be Matt Stafford winning Super Bowl. Worst would be Cincinnati losing it near the end. I was going to agree with you on Von Miller, or not Von Miller, but um, Aaron Donald deserving more consideration for the Super Bowl MVP. And do you think that Cooper Cup winning was more of a makeup for him not getting more consideration for the regular season MVP? No. I mean, he did get an MVP vote. It was Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and I think the only other player was Cooper Cup. But, you know, you've got to have the votes tabulated before the two-minute warning. And now Cooper Cup did have the touchdown, but Aaron Donald changed the game. You know, I'm not going to say single-handedly, but it was pretty close. He's, he changed the game. Coming up, Tony Baselli, now a Hall of Famer. He will join us. Uh, Ryan Clark from the Mothership will stop by as well. Carson Palmer will join us as well. More phone calls, as we always do. We'll give you our best and worst of the weekend. We'll talk about the commercials. We'll talk about the halftime show. Everything else in between. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. We'll update the poll results as well. One hour in the books. Two more to go on the Monday after. Great Super Bowl.